Mic Drop, our version, Game 12, Week 13, Chiefs Week on Calissa's Mic Drop. And uh, yes, you can feel a little little bounce in everyone's step this week around Broncos country, can't you? I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Broncos haven't been in this position where they're playing well, they're they're six and five. Uh, you know, they were six and six in uh, Vance Joseph's uh, final year of 2018. But then Emmanuel Sanders went down and they lost their last four games against uh, some winnable opponents. Uh, it's a different feeling this time. You know, uh, Fangio got a third year to build the program, uh, to build the defense. George Payton came in and added some pieces. And it just feels like the Broncos are a better team than they've been uh, since 2016. Remember, they were 9-7 and seven that year, last year under Gary Kubiak. Um, and then uh, the Chiefs aren't quite as dominant. Uh, you know, people are playing them deep. They're taking, a, they're taking away. The safeties are playing back on the warning track. So they're taking away the deep ball from Tyreek Hill for the most part. And so the Chiefs are scoring in the 20s, not in the 30s, like they, like they did the last three years for Patrick Mahomes. Um, we're going to get to the Chiefs game. First, just want to wrap up that Broncos' uh, big victory against the Los Angeles Chargers. Funny how the game went right away. I, you know, I thought the, uh, the key was the Broncos lost the coin toss, and therefore the offense got the ball first. And it kind of changed up their early game mojo. Uh, the offense moved the ball. They moved the ball into the Chargers' territory, took a penalty or sack, one or the other, um, and uh, Sam Martin pinned him to the one-yard line with help from Nate Hairston. And so Justin Herbert, his first series, and we're all worried about Herbert and his big talent and the big game he had on Sunday night the previous week against the Steelers, he starts at his own one. And they don't get a first down. On third and two, they get stopped by Brandon Browning, or Baron Browning, I should say. I keep calling him Brandon. Um, and so they have to punt, and now Teddy and company get the ball at the 50. They only have 50 yards to go. They score a touchdown. The whole game kind of changes right there. Uh, Teddy gets hurt. Locke comes in. He fumbles the ball away, but Tim Patrick hustles and, and recovers it. And they go on to score a touchdown to make it 14 to nothing. Those are the kind of things. And then, of course, uh, uh, Patrick Sertan uh, wrapped it up with two big interceptions. Sertan, the AFC Defensive Player of the Week. Not rookie Defensive Player of the Week. But uh, in the whole conference, uh, player of the week, and he deserved it. Uh, saving one touchdown with his first pick in the end zone and then scoring another touchdown with the pick six on his second interception in the fourth quarter. What a game that was for George Payton in the rookie class. Uh, you go back to draft day, three days in April. Uh, the day before the draft, he acquires uh, Teddy Bridgewater. And there's been a upgrade at the quarterback position. Nothing against Drew Locke. Teddy Bridgewater just doesn't make as many mistakes uh, and is, is an efficient uh, game operator. I, I still think Locke, under the right circumstance, the right offense, a couple more years of maturity, maybe when he's 28, 29, 30, he's going to find it. Kind of like Tommy Maddox did in his career. Um, you remember Tommy Maddox? Uh, everyone thought he was a bust, and then all of a sudden he caught on with the Steelers. I, I can see that. Uh, with Drew Locke uh, having that type of career. Um, but Sertan, first-round pick for George Payton. Uh, you know, that's, that's the first day of the draft, April 29th, the day after the Teddy trade. Uh, then April 30th, 
In the second round, you get Javante Williams. He gets 54 yards rushing, 57 yards receiving. Had that big 42-yard uh, catch and run on a check down from Teddy. Uh, in the third round on, on day two of the draft, uh, the belly, Quinn Miners. Uh, he plays every snap at guard. And uh, Baron Browning plays every snap at inside linebacker. In the fifth round, Caden Stearns plays every snap at safety in place of the injured Kareem Jackson. And in the seventh round, uh, a real steal. There was concern about his ticker, but that proved to be okay. And Jonathan Cooper's been a heck of a player for the Broncos so far here in uh, 2021. So congratulations to – it was a win for the front office. You know, the, the personnel department, um, they worked so hard on the draft and they were rewarded. It kind of all came together. All those moves came together against the Chargers and put the Broncos in decent shape. You know, everyone's saying the Broncos are playing for first place. I'm like, I don't think that's as big as, as, as just trying to beat the Chiefs and then worry about first place or second place later. But you haven't beat the Chiefs in 11 straight games, dating back to their last win was when Jamal Charles fumbled. He was with the Chiefs then. And uh, uh, Brandon Marshall, the linebacker, forced the fumble, and Bradley Roby, the cornerback, uh, picked it up and scored. And it was all uh, Peyton, first Peyton threw a touchdown pass to Emmanuel with about uh, 40 uh, seconds left. And six or seven seconds later, Roby scored. And instead of uh, being down 24-17 with a minute to go, the Broncos win the game. Uh, 31-24. Last time they won. Uh, Chiefs won the uh, next game uh, at mile high. Peyton threw four interceptions. He was hurt. He was benched after that game for Brock Osweiler. The rest, as you know, is history. Manning comes back off the bench in the season finale. The Broncos win Super Bowl 50 on the strength of their defense. And then it's just uh, they just haven't had a playoff caliber quarterback uh, since then, I, I, I do think Teddy is a playoff caliber quarterback. Uh, he was in 2015 for the Vikings, and uh, then the catastrophic uh, knee injury that set him back. He's come all the way back and is playing good ball. He's the 12th rated passer. Had a heck of a game against the Chiefs last year, throwing for over 300 yards, two touchdowns, ran for a touchdown, no interceptions. Carolina had 30 first downs against the Chiefs uh, defense last year. But what did Patrick Mahomes do? He threw for 372 and four touchdowns. Chiefs won that game 33 to 31. So I think Teddy, I think Fangio, another week of Fangio confusing a, a talented young quarterback. He did last week against Herbert. He needs to again this week against Mahomes, uh, who has uh, not been Superman this year. Uh, he's back. He's playing well again. Boy, is he a competitor. Most unappreciated or underrated aspect of Patrick Mahomes is he is a competitor. He doesn't care about the stats. Um, he does a lot of commercials, but he is about winning. And you can see it, uh, the way he competes so hard at the end of games, if it's a cl uh, closely contested game. That's what I love the most about Patrick Mahomes. I truly enjoy watching him play. Mahomes, by the way, is the biggest reason why this game was flexed. It was going to be an 11 a.m. kickoff in Kansas City. It's now at 6.20. We're talking about Mountain Time. And uh, primetime audience on 9 News. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's not a pivotal game, however. 
It's not a pivotal game because the Broncos can lose the game, all right? They're still 6-6, six and six and they have the Lions and Bagels at home. Those two games become pivotal if you lose to the Chiefs, but then you're 8-6 and six with three to go. You just have to win two of the last three, uh, maybe only one of the last three, so to call it a must-must-win um, is, is not correct. However, uh, it is a big game for, ex for excitement reasons uh, because of this, uh, you know, this uh, burden that the Chiefs with the winning streak have on the Broncos. So many uh, accomplished Bronco players, Sutton, Chubb, and, uh, and Simmons have yet to beat them. So they need to get that alb albatross uh, off them. And uh, a win would go a long way. And plus, if the Broncos do win, you know, now you're 7-5 and five with the Lions and Bengals at home. Chance to go 9-5, and five, now you only have to win one of your last three games uh, and, and to make the playoffs. So it's huge if they win. It's not catastrophic, catastrophic if they lose. Speaking of Bradley Chubb that we just mentioned, had a chance to talk to him this week. Excellent uh, interview. Uh, Bradley very emotional in his comeback uh, from two ankle surgeries this year. Uh, got in for 30 snaps uh, against the Chargers. Didn't get a sack, uh, but he did have a couple pressures. Uh, felt good and uh, got, got that rust uh, knocked off. And now maybe he'll be able to uh, um, sack uh, Patrick Mahomes a time or two. Tell you one thing that Bradley Chubb does that is underrated in his game is set the edge in the run game. He's 275 pounds. I mean, Vaughn was 245, right? So we're talking 30 pounds more of, 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 uh, of frame that uh, Bradley Chubb has in setting that uh, right defensive edge. So uh, he's invaluable. It's good to have him back. Uh, should have uh, Bowles back from COVID, Kareem back from his neck injury. Uh, Shelby should be back from his ankle. A little worried about Melvin Gordon. Broncos made some moves uh, this week at the running back position, protecting Demaria Crockett and uh, from the practice squad and then adding uh, Kareth White uh, to the practice squad. So they got some reinforcements in case uh, Melvin can't make it with that hip injury. So a little worried there. Still got Javante, Mike Boone. Be a good chance for him to get a few carries. And Demaria Crockett, very, very uh, um, dependable. But this game's going to be about Teddy anyway. You got to match. You, you got to score points against the Chiefs. Teddy's got to throw for a couple touchdowns. And, and play turnover-free ball if the Broncos are going to win this game. Let's talk to Bradley Chubb. Listen up to, to this interview. I think you'll enjoy it. He was very good, uh, very talkative, uh, had a lot of good things, smart. He's a smart guy. A lot of pressure on Bradley uh, throughout his career, but uh, I like the way he's handled it. So listen to our interview that we had. It was Wednesday with uh, Bradley Chubb, and then on the other side, we'll talk more about the Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs Sunday night on Nine News. All right, Bradley, welcome. Appreciate it. Chiefs week. Yes, sir. You know, there's uh, beating the Chargers, which you've done a couple times. There's beating the Raiders. You've done that. You got to beat the Chiefs. Haven't gotten over that hump yet. Yeah, for sure, man. It's one of those things that you kind of take personal. You know what I mean? You play them uh, year, twice a year, and you lose both times in my three years before this. 
Um, so yeah, you, you take it personal. You wanna you take this week a little bit more serious than you do the other ones, and you, you try to go out there and, and get your best foot forward. The national anthem here in the game you returned, you got you got a little emotional there. Could you just des- describe the emotions that came up and welled up in you, and and why why they did? Yeah, I mean when you first run out the tunnel, that's kind of when it first started. I ran out the tunnel for the first time uh, all year, and then just like the crowd cheering, and it kind of hit me, and then. They start the flag comes out. They sing the national anthem. You're like, okay, now this is real. Like, this, we really about to play football right now. We about to get to it, and um, uh, just the the whole rehab process kind of came over me. Just everything that uh, that I've been hearing off the field, on the field, just all that came about, uh, over me at the time. And it was just a, a roller coaster of emotions. And um, like you said, you started to get a little bit of emotion out there on the field, but I tried to suck it back in and um, get ready for the game. And then when uh, I think the cameras uh, caught you. Uh, in the breakdown, pregame uh, breakdown with the guys. And uh, your message to them, got to embrace it. Nothing's promised to you, right? I mean, right, right. you you communicated that. Yeah, nothing's promised at all. I mean, I've been through it multiple times with, like, just the, the ankle injuries and the knee injury. Just the, you don't know when your last play going to be. You don't know when um, you might be done for the season. You don't, you never know. you got to take every play and, and every opportunity you get with full steam ahead and, and uh, you don't want to live with regrets because it's sometimes where I was on the couch like, man, I wish I would have did this. I wish I would have did that. But you don't get those times back. You don't get those days back. You just got to uh, live, like I said, full steam ahead every day. You know, your your reaction was uh, so raw and so real. Um, I'm, I'm almost surprised by it because you went through two ACLs. You've been through the rehab and the frustration and disappointment of all that. Two ankle injuries was a different challenge. How, how was it different? Uh, I wouldn't say it was different. The, the mindset and for the rehab and all that stays the same, but it's just like uh, the fact that it happens. The first one happened like right before, like right during OTAs. I thought I got over that hump, and then the second one happened right before the season started. So like when it happens that close to each other and back to back like that, it just gets a little bit more frustrating because you're like, man, why why is this happening to me? Why is this, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm supposed to have this big year. Why is this happening now? But um, like I said, I took some time down. I got closer to God and. I feel like everything that, that happened happened for uh, the perfect reason. Like I'm coming back with fresh legs in, in the second half of the season when we got to really make a playoff push. So you got to look at it on the brighter side of things. So um, it's been a blessing, man. It, it, it sucked at first, but it's been for sure a, a blessing over these past couple of weeks. We talked to uh, Brandon Browning a couple of weeks ago, and he's a guy that's been dinged up in and out. And he said that uh, you've been uh, someone that uh, has treated him like a little brother. Yeah, for sure. Talk, talk about uh, you and uh, yeah, so I was real cool with uh, Draymond, and um, over uh, like right before the rookies got here at OTAs and stuff, uh, he brought Baron over to the house, and we was kicking it, chopping it up, and I'm just telling him everything that like I went through this my whole career because you know he was asking questions and stuff like that, and um, I learned a little bit more about him, and after that we were just kind of inseparable, man. That's like my my little homie, man. He he does everything that um, he he's supposed to do. He, he takes care of his body. He does everything he needs to do, and. For him to get over these humps that he's been getting over, it's, it's cool to see, to, to see the, the, uh, the young player he is. He's playing fast, playing with uh, all this emotion, and that's, that's somebody on one of my sideline for sure. You know, everyone in that locker room has expectations every week, really. But uh, you look around, now that Vaughn's gone, he was a number two pick, no one's had expectations like you, number five. How has it been carrying that with you? at times uh that's what that's what kind of makes the injuries hard like the ankles and stuff hard because you're carrying all these expectations all this 
that you want from you, not even from what people want from you, but what you want from yourself. And you want to go out there and be the best and you want to do all this. And um, that's why I kind of got frustrated with those ankle stuff and, and stuff like that. But uh, now, man, I just I try to take it as a as a blessing. Uh, Vaughn used to always say pre- pressure is a privilege. So nobody if nobody's expecting nothing of you, you don't have any pressure that they, nobody expects you to do anything. But when everybody is looking for you and looking for you to make that play, they, they know what you've done in the past. They know everything that you can do. So that's why you had that pressure on you. So um, it's, it's been good. I just try to embrace it. And with the guys we got in our room, it's, it's kind of easy, man. It just um, if I have a problem, I just relay it to them and they help me get over it and, and vice versa. So um, it's, it's been real special. I liked what you said earlier in the week about uh, after Vaughn was traded and how the team responded. A kick in the butt. You t- expand on that just a little bit. Yeah, man, because like, like I said, Vaughn, he's the most decorated player probably in, in Broncos history, Super Bowl MVP. and um, Defensively. The, yeah, defensively. Yeah, yeah <laughs> for sure, defensively. <laughs> and then uh, you got all the things that he's done in the community with his, um, with his Vaughn's Vision um, initiative. So, like I said, just to, for uh, a, a guy coming in and seeing Vaughn Miller, oh, this, he's got, this guy's not going nowhere. He's going to retire Bronco. He's going to do this. And um, to see uh, us move on, you like, okay, Nobody's safe. I got. I really got to step my game up for in order, for, or else I'm gonna be the next one out or something like that. So it was just like, like I said, it lit a fire under everybody. And everybody knew that um, George is not playing. Man, we got to win games, and 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 it's gonna be somebody's job if we're not. Patrick Mahomes. I think he's the best. Uh, my my opinion, and I and I love Aaron Rodgers. What gets me about Mahomes? I've, I thought that this would be a flaw. He he bails backwards further than any quarterback yeah. <laughs> in the NFL. Right. How's that like as a pass rusher? And it doesn't seem, it may be a flaw, but it doesn't seem to hurt him too much. Yeah, right. I mean, you, you see those things and you uh, you hope it's not going to happen against my team. And when you rush in and stuff, you, you kind of rush at that angle and you're cutting in to, to get to him. And that's when he makes those those deep uh, deep cuts into the backfield and, and gets the ball off. So it, it, it's uh, on film, it's one of those things you just got to, uh, as a rusher, you got to, play into account and you got to have all four guys or five guys who have a minute we're rushing you got to have everybody on the same page uh, one thing that, uh, that that helps us a lot if you somebody goes under the other dude over top going around and stuff like that just uh, communicating with each other never being on never having two guys too low or too high so he can step up or step back so it's just like I said just communication and everybody rushing together Bradley stay healthy man yes sir appreciate okay. it This is week 13 of the regular season, game number 12. Otherwise known on the Broncos' 21 or 2021 schedule as Chiefs Week. The Broncos, as we all know, have not beat the Chiefs in a while. Uh, Alex Smith was the quarterback to start the streak. He went. He won his last four games against the Broncos. Patrick Mahomes has been the starting quarterback in the last seven, including. That 2017 finale, I'll, I'll never forget it. It was Mahomes' first game in the NFL. He redshirted basically his rookie year after he was the first-round pick uh, by Andy Reid and John Dorsey in the uh, 2017 draft out of TCU. Or was it Texas Tech? Might have been Texas Tech. Anyway, the, the Chiefs moved up from like 27th to 10th to get Patrick Mahomes. And I remember talking to Elway afterwards. He was not happy. He loved Patrick Mahomes, 
But, of course, the Broncos had taken Paxton Lynch just the year before. You can't give up on a first-round quarterback in 16, even though Arizona did it smartly. But the Broncos weren't about to give up on Paxton Lynch yet in his, uh, second, in his second season. Regrettable. Um, so you end up with uh, the Chiefs getting Mahomes, and they sold their farm to get him. And it, it was worth uh, whatever it is that they gave up, all those draft picks. And uh, because he is, to me, he's, he's the best I've ever seen. And, you know, um, I know it's early yet. I'm not saying he's the best. Tom Brady is that, uh, uh, you know, by, the, by virtue of his body of work, by virtue of his seven Super Bowl rings, Mahomes ha- only has one. But in the three season, first three seasons that I saw, Mahomes played the position better than anybody I had ever seen. Uh, his ability to scramble, improvise, uh, tremendous, tremendous arm talent. Uh, Rodgers is the closest thing to it that I've seen. Um, but but Rodgers doesn't quite play with the daring do of, uh, of, of Mahomes. And uh, uh, I'm splitting hairs there, but I like Mahomes a little better than Rodgers. And the other thing, you know, Rodgers sat three years before he played. Mahomes sat one, and he was dominating years two and three. So um, as far as early in a career, it's hard, it's hard for anyone to have topped what uh, Patrick Mahomes has accomplished. I see a flaw in his game. You ready? Uh, often, he bails out from the pocket and drops back 10, 15 yards from the pocket backwards. Okay, and um, it's hard for offensive linemen to protect him. It's also hard for edge rushers to catch up to him. And uh, I thought that would hurt him more than it has. I haven't seen his interceptions this year. He has 11 interceptions this year. Uh, He had nine in the first seven games when the Chiefs were three and four. So they're, they're, you know, he has tried to force things, it appears. Early on, I thought that the Chiefs' woeful defense uh, Mahomes put too much pressure on himself to make a play, and that was the cause of the turnovers. But, you know, I talked to Aqib Tlaib about this in, in the preseason. Uh, the Broncos played the Rams, and Tlaib was the preseason uh, color commentator for the Los Angeles Rams. And I told him about Mahomes dropping back, if that would eventually hurt him uh, as far back as he does. And he said no, because he's got the arm to overcome it. And... Uh, so that's why uh, Mahomes is able to overcome his one flaw of bailing out and dropping back too far. We'll see if Fangio's got some tricks up his sleeve and can come up with a defensive plan to stop Mahomes. Tyreek Hill is huge, the speed. Uh, Travis Kelsey has burned the Broncos. I think he's averaged like eight catches for over 100 yards the last four or five years against the Broncos. But by and large, you let Kelsey beat you as long as Tyreek Hill doesn't. Tyreek Hill is the guy that beat you. Um, Kelsey's the guy between the 20s. He's a good red zone target, too. But Hill's the guy that can just, uh, you know, ruin a defense. And so Fangio likes to play the two deep anyway. I think everyone's played the two deep against the Chiefs, and I'm sure that'll be no difference with Kareem Jackson and and Justin Simmons. Um, Big for Pat Sertan to be AFC Defensive player of the week, you know, uh, all those cornerbacks that uh, Peyton picked up, Darby, Fuller, already had Callahan, and who's the best one? The rookie, 
Pat Sertan uh, through 11 games. Uh, it's going to be exciting. Prime time for the Broncos. They're six and five. The Chiefs are seven and four. The Raiders are six and five. The Chargers are six and five. What an AFC West. It's going to go, uh, the race is going to go for a little while. Unless the Chiefs get on a roll. And if the Chiefs beat the Broncos and they kind of win out, then I think the Broncos might have a chance in week 18, game 17, against Kansas City at home at Empower Field. Maybe Mahomes won't play in that game. And that's where the Broncos break the streak. So that's why I say it's not overly critical that the Broncos win the game. It would be huge if they did. It wouldn't be the end of the world if they don't. So we'll talk about it next week at the uh, exact same time as the Broncos get ready to play the winless uh, Detroit Lions. At least they're winless right now. Um, 0-9-1, are the Lions. So uh, I know they don't have a win, and I know they have a tie. Uh, boy, um, the Broncos will win that game. The key is the Bengals game the following week. The Bengals are good. They're 7-4. and four, But I think the Broncos should beat them at home. We'll see. Um, that's it for me, everybody. Hope you enjoyed uh, Cliss's mic drop. Thank you to Bradley Chubb for stopping by and visiting uh, with us. Nice talk, wasn't it? I thought it was a pretty nice talk. And we'll see you again next week as the Broncos get ready to play the Lions in Game 13, Week 14. Thanks for listening, everybody.